City on the edge. City on the edge. City on the edge. On the edge. City on the edge. City kind of in the middle, but oh my god, it's moving toward the edge. Uh, It's a city on the edge, and we are City on the Edge podcast, the podcast where we tell Albuquerque stories. I am Ty Bannerman. Joining me today is... Hello, Mike Smith. And... And today we are also joined by Bob Odenkirk. What? In well, we're going to be talking about Bob Odenkirk. Oh, I have a really good Bob Odenkirk voice. Do you have a good Bob Odenkirk voice? Hey, I'm Bob Odenkirk. Holy crap! Wait, did he just sneak in and start talking into one of our (laughs) microphones? Oh, sadly, that was just Nora doing an incredible Bob Odenkirk impression. Sorry, guys. But the reason we're talking about Bob Odenkirk today is because of one of Albuquerque's most famous cultural exports, um, Better Call Saul. Sure. The uh, younger series, the younger sibling series to its most famous cultural export at this point, uh, Mm. Breaking Bad. That's true. I thought it was Breaking Brad. (laughs) Wait, who's Brad? (laughs) Wait, I need to rewatch the show. You know, it's, it is really actually a pretty dumb show name. They use it once <laughs> in like the first episode, and, yeah. and it's like a southern colloquialism or something, right? But I kind of feel like, I mean, you, when you're looking for a name, it's like you just. Yeah. Like sometimes I think I, I worry about City on the Edge, but oh sure, I mean, but we picked that thing. It, people don't realize how like haphazardly names are chosen sometimes. Oh, we gotta call it something. Somebody yeah. ask, people yeah. keep asking me what it's on the edge of, and I'm like, yeah. uh, well, we were gonna name it uh, mm-hmm. City at the End of the World, which was VB Price's book, and we thought that would, sounded really cool. And yeah. then you wrote it down wrong, and I was like, that looks okay too. We could just do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Thus, history was made. Yeah. And, uh, and now it's the most famous podcast in the world. <laughs> I live in the clouds. I was able to buy downloading my consciousness into carbon nanotube bodies, and I'm lighter than air. So I can live up there now, and it's amazing. So the right title does a lot of work. It, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, you could probably argue that Better Call Saul required an entire series before they got a good title for that one. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. But before we get into uh, Better Call Saul, I have a quick bit of news to share, which mm. is that uh, Nora and I guested on a, another local podcast called, oh, speaking oh. of names, <laughs> Breaking Math, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> which said they apparently had some trouble picking theirs too and briefly went with Crystal Math, which uh. <laughs> I don't know. Crystal yeah. Math. I kind of think that's funny. I think it's funny too, yeah. but it's, you know, how hard do you want to hit the, the meth yeah. references on your math podcast is really what it comes down how to. How hard is the question? The whole time yeah. that show was on the air, I kept sending them like on Twitter and email and stuff. I kept saying, you got to use the song Crystal Queen from the ba- band East River Pipe. It's literally about meth and it's such a great song. And anyway, they people never just did. looked it up. It's really good. Mm. So anyway, yeah. we were on uh, Breaking <laughs> Math, which is a, uh, a mathematics podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the human side of math. Very much so. Yeah. Um, it, math for for poets kind of thing yeah. like the Pat Oswalt bit you know it's oh, like funny. just it's it's <laughs> it talks about the stories behind mathematical equations and concepts that's really it's cool that's a neat lens very interesting yeah, yeah. Um, you really said it's a really good podcast I haven't heard it oh yet, I enjoy it very much yeah, yeah. that's cool um, nice it was fun to talk about we can say what we talked yeah, about, right? Yeah, so. um, unless they change it. But it was hacking. Oh, we were cool. talking about hacking mm-hmm. and more like kind of the cultural oh. aspect of hacking, not mm-hmm. the so criminal aspect. Wow. Interesting. They yeah. took it more as like a almost like a um, 
like practical joking with technology. Yeah. I'm so disappointed in hackers. I mean, just think of all the good they could do if they really were ambitious and good-hearted and smart. Uh, you know? I mean, like, hey, oh, what happened to this horrible organization's like complete funding? It went to Oxfam. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, like, but they do nothing. They send black pieces of paper to Scientology and like black pieces of paper. Yeah, they they have like they set fax machines to just print like black pages indefinitely to like empty their ink sources. Mm. Well, according to the uh, to the general gentlemen the gentle people because it's it's a gabe jonathan and leela right Mm, yeah um what you're referring to mike is actually referred to as a cracker what's a cracker someone who cracks into things Uh, i guess somebody who breaks uh, computer security protocol and the hacker is more somebody who uh uses their powers i guess um for non-malicious purposes Uh. Although I guess you could argue... Um, There's like white magic and black magic in the hacking mm. world. Yeah, exactly. I think they literally call them black hats and white hats. Oh, wow. That's and crazy. gray hats. Interesting. Mm. For the ones who are too cool. It is like, like magic. I mean, Stephen Hawking says he thinks computer viruses are the first form of artificial life because they're actually like independent. Oof. Astounding thought. Obsessed yeah. with uh, breeding. But I would argue, what about Pac-Man? It's true. Yeah. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know. What about? I think that we should all think about that for <laughs> just a moment here. So. <laughs> all right. So, better call Saul. Right. Um, before we get into that, we have yet another edition of New Mexico News all with right. Mike Smith. Ty has like scene. created this feature somehow <laughs> today. I don't know how. That <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Okay. New Mexico News all with right. your correspondent Mike Smith. All right. So I was driving. Uh, up Eubank, I was up heading toward the freeway. Okay, I'm just being set up here. I'm like Carl Pilkington. Here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like, uh, the uh, I was driving down Eubank and I almost I did ran run over a syringe. A syringe. It was a drug syringe lying in the middle of the street. Happily, oh. it did not pop my tire. That's good. Unhappily, somebody has a sad problem with addiction <laughs> and, and made me feel kind of dark about Albuquerque for a couple of hours. So. Yeah. Syringe yeah. on Eubank. Yeah, syringe on Eubank. Watch out for that. So very much uh, <laughs> uh, in keeping with the themes of our episode tonight, sure. uh, Breaking sad. Bad and, and Better Call Saul both yeah. have a great deal to do with uh, drug culture. And yeah. if fairly or not, Albuquerque has taken on uh, some dark attributes. Some though. dark attributes. Yeah. Uh, some dark ass. Well, let's see. It's hard to say. They've got kind of maybe a chicken and egg thing here. Sure. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I do think that... Uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad uh, can at least be said to have established that reputation in the eyes of the world, whereas yeah. before maybe that was just mm-hmm. a more local. Oh. oh man, I have a, I do have a sad piece of local news. They, so I live next to a boarded up crack house, <laughs> <laughs> and my kids swear that these little kids that were living in there with their drug addicted parents are back. Oh and no! That they heard them playing in there. They, it had been all boarded up, but recently the plywood was boarded off the back. Man, my girlfriend Mario and I walked around in that empty building one day when the door had been kicked in after a big um, storm, and it was the saddest space I'd ever been in. I mean, just so incredibly sad. And, I mean, you know, there is there is a sad, dark, criminal, underground, neglected, destitute right. Albuquerque. What, I, one time I met a woman who was just hitchhiking along a major road, and she I didn't think she was a prostitute when i saw her like i mean everyone says that the pics went out probably but she told me that she had seen her friends 
uh, like buried up to their heads in the sand and tortured by yeah. drug dealers and things like that. She told me these horrifying stories. Like we just we went and like got something to eat and we're talking. And I just heard about this Albuquerque that was completely unlike any Albuquerque I have ever encountered. I'm sure we've yeah. all glimpsed it. We've right. seen those people walking down the street and thought, what is their story? It's a rough one. So you know? Nora oh, is our resident kind of newcomer here. Mm-hmm. Um, tell, tell me about your kind of perception of that Albuquerque and how it intersects with the Albuquerque that you live in day to day. Well, I feel when I first got here, and I feel like I tell this story a lot, but it mm. was so mm. just this image and this experience of riding my bike from the KOA on Wantabo mm. to UNM. Wow. Yeah, I, th- I think we, we have heard that. And <laughs> just going through some neighborhoods with sort of a poor neighborhood. Right. Um, yeah. So shadier looking characters. Right. And that so area, that um, certainly you said KOA to Wantabo. KOA is the um, RV grounds off of Wanda. Family oh, Circus okay. Theater. And where were you riding to? UNM. Yeah, okay. So you're literally going through the poorest part of Albuquerque proper. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can argue that parts of the South Valley are maybe more impoverished, but they're not technically part of Albuquerque. But yeah. that is the area that has the most uh, poverty in it. Yeah. So you're definitely, we're seeing the most concentrated mm-hmm. form of, of uh of that side of Albuquerque. And, and as a result, there's a lot of people yeah. pushing oh. drugs, right. selling their bodies. Inequality is real. Yeah. Anyone yeah. that thinks we all have the same uh, ability to advance ourselves needs to take a real look at how mm-hmm. disparate the ends of the spectrum are. And, and just to say, and then I rode my bus, my bus, the bus a few times and my bike. Mm-hmm. But I also nothing ever happened mm-hmm. to me at the same time. You know, yeah. you see stuff that God, the bus. you get scared of. but Sure. Or you but get I profoundly get sad. Or after, sad, right? yeah. One time I heard this old couple talking, and the guy was like, I know just the spot. It's a dumpster back behind the Walmart, and I got an extra blanket, and I'll share. Oh. And oh it was just God. like, oh, my God. Oh, Jesus, I'm a mess. I've got to go like to a kid's soccer game right now and hang out with oh parents and act God. normal. I'm, I can't handle humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was <laughs> so su- super. Yeah, but that's Albuquerque. That's well, that's, we are yeah. city of extremes, right? That's a question, though. Is this... <sighs> Something unique to Albuquerque. Other cities certainly have poverty and crime. No, um, yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah, I don't know. What What about Milwaukee? Uh, what's your take Milwaukee, on Milwa- Milwaukee versus Albuquerque in terms of? That? I think Milwaukee is much more segregated along different lines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, income, race, class. No. Yeah, I think there's more segregation at work. So yeah, I grew up in an area that was wealthier, and yeah. White right. and you know I didn't see. So you're kind of more insulated there. Ins- yeah. Yeah. See, that's I was talking to somebody just the other day um, at my kid's school, and he was talking about they had come from Indiana or something, and they were like, "In a way, I kind of like that everybody has to deal with the crap here. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody, it's it's harder to, like, if you live in Houston or, or apparently in Milwaukee or something, you live in like." You you can live in a big suburb and mm. just never leave it, and you're not going to see people standing on the street corners, and you're not going to see mm-hmm. people with signs at the intersection wow. if you're in a you know middle class suburb, and that's just your day to day life isn't going to reflect that. Wow. Whereas in that same city, there's you know just as large or maybe even larger areas where it's total poverty and wrecked buildings and people pushing wow. you know drugs mm-hmm. and and just dealing with that kind of day to day stuff. 
And maybe the difference is here in Albuquerque, um, you see it no matter right. what your kind of economic privilege might be, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if seeing it here pushes everyone to do something about it, though. Well, I mean, there are kind of cut off parts of town. Like, have you ever driven Academy around Tanawan and yeah. just been like, this area is remarkably well maintained? That's like, true. My part yeah. of the Heights is not like this at all. It's a weedy, right. shabby little place in some parts, you know? Yeah. And, you know, but not that area. Strange where all the rich people live. Things are just super <laughs> fancy. So maybe it's just the fact that we aren't personally living in those places <laughs> that are so insulated. Uh. Well, I, just to turn it back to the oh, yeah, sorry. Breaking Bad and oh, yeah, Better yeah. Call Saul, does it, does, you know, is tourist, and I looked into yeah. the tourism side, does tourism that comes from people who are like, hee hee, I want a fake bag of meth candy. Oh, I know, the candy lady. Or is that, like, is that okay? Because local so, money, local economy is, is boosted, or is it? It's a good question. Yeah. So I've sometimes said we Breaking Bad is not the show we want or should have, but it's the show we deserve. Is that the you Batman know? thing? Is <laughs> oh man, is that Batman? Oh, that is Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you were Are you Batman? Batman? Oh <laughs> man, I'm paraphrasing Batman. But it's okay. I mean, I I think you, it's applicable, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, but you know, I, uh, here's a joke I actually did write. Um, the uh, I used to say, you know, Breaking Bad makes it look like Albuquerque is completely overrun by crystal meth. But really, heroin is just as big a problem. <laughs> like, True enough. Maybe even bigger, actually. Our, our opiates problem is huge. Uh, it's so dark, um, man. Oh, the material we have to work with in our lives. Unbelievable. So today we're going to be talking about um, Better Call Saul and to some extent Breaking yeah. Bad. Um, and the way that it reflects Albuquerque um, and the way it also kind of creates an impression of Albuquerque mm. and... You know what? What ways the uh, Albuquerque that's portrayed on the show is uh, correct to our experience mm. as three um, white yeah, uh, yeah. college-educated yeah. uh, people yeah. hanging out at the the yeah. press club, right? Um, and yeah. what what ways it is inaccurate, and and you know we're going to be talking to some uh, different people about that as well. Wow, so, nice. Uh, first question: Who here is all caught up on Better Call Saul? I'm not all caught up on Better Call Saul because I just I don't am. have anywhere to watch it right now. But, oh. but, uh, but uh, I um, I watched all of Breaking Bad. And I think I saw the first two seasons. of Two Apple seasons? Saw. Okay. Yeah. Well, certainly, Mike, you watched all of Breaking Bad. I've I watched all it. of Breaking Bad. I loved it when it was Nora. on. I kind of lost interest the moment it was resolved. Oh. Well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> How about I, you, Nora? Breaking so Bad. This is... I, I Breaking Bad, I think I've seen collectively six episodes oh okay wow. that's pretty much kind the first season Sca- but scattered so mm. i know oh. i feel oh. like i saw one per each season oh well, that's not the way to walk, watch breaking bad yeah it's pulpy and it goes off in some random directions that aren't ever fully justified here and there there's a plane that explodes two planes that explode at one yeah. point in a thing i'm still thinking about in story storytelling wise um, they're definitely weaker. I saw yes. that episode. Yeah. And yeah. they never mentioned it again. Hey, remember when we caused those two planes to crash <laughs> above each other above Albuquerque? Um, but I, I think yeah. even though you haven't uh, seen, I'm just going to say you haven't seen any of it. If you've seen six random episodes, that's yeah. just, you should give it a, give it a run sometime. No, cool I do. I would like to watch it. Well written. It's very Shakespearean. But if you live in Albuquerque, you have some sort of experience with Breaking Bad at this point because yeah. it has, saturated the place in the same way True. that Albuquerque saturates the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go down to Old Town and what you where you used to see uh, 
Cocapelli on t-shirts or um, mm. Indian pots. Yeah, now you see Walter White <laughs> and, um, and that, um, Saul. Yeah. The the picture of Walter White. Uh, yeah. The, one. the Heisenberg picture. Yeah. 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 There's Heisenberg. some kind of crappy art that's coming. So you've certainly seen enough of Better yeah. Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, what is your impression about what these shows get right about Albuquerque? Well, I'll tell you, they don't get the, the basic geography of it right. They so, really okay, use the on. elements of Albuquerque in a fantastical <laughs> composite. <laughs> I just asked you uh, what they got right. Oh. And you were like, well, here's what they got wrong. Oh, shoot. Right. <laughs> so we wow, what a negative person. <laughs> got issues, man. You right. saw a needle Let on the bank here in a bag. What did they get right? Um, I'll tell you, I think they got some of the feeling of the desert right. They got the feeling okay. of how you could just in a moment be out in the desert, you out in... Uh, What's that? Tohatchali? Tohatchali, yeah. yeah. They, you could be out in the middle of the desert in not very much time, and you would be so alone, and anything could happen. That's a real feeling. And the harshness of the light. Brings. The harshness of the light and the way that bright lights can be just as creepy as darknesses, you know, right. leaving you nowhere to hide and everything so super exposed and evaporating, you know, like is mm-hmm. how it looks. It's... um. It's it really captures so much of that about the town. I think it, mm-hmm. it loves it uses the volcano area as El Paso. That bugged me. Yeah. It uses Placidas as Mexico. That bugged me because it's like people who really love Albuquerque will know these these places. Okay, hold on. Are, right? We're gonna get to what's wrong. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah. Me, here. Doing that again. <laughs> um, but they really caught that feeling, and you know what they caught? I mean. What else did they catch? I don't know. I think they caught how close we all live to ruin and crime here also. Yeah. Like, we we're very close to that. that scene, so that aspect that we were just talking about, maybe? Yeah. That that one about the abandoned house with the crack-addicted couple trying to break open the uh, mm-hmm. ATM machine while a little kid sits nearby. I watched that thing through gaps in my fingers. Uh, I mean, it's just so hard to watch with that I live across the street from that house. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Albuquerque. Yeah. All right, yeah. so Nora, <laughs> obviously this question has to be a little right. bit different for mm-hmm. you, but um, in your experience of, of the episodes that you've seen of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, as well as maybe what people have talked to you, like do you have mm-hmm. relatives who are like, oh my God, Breaking Bad is amazing. And Yeah, yeah. So what what is your takeaway from what they've told you about the city of Albuquerque, I guess? Well, knowing, um, and kind of what Mike was saying, being close to ruin, hearing about Jesse's story where he's from a wealthy family, right? Yeah. And then goes into his own, his own thing. And I've seen his house and I just like that contrast of that weird old house. Uh Um, or no, the, the like scuzzy apartment Mm -hmm. to, and, and I know where some of the houses are cause I live downtown and they do a lot of the breaking bad tours down there. And like the fancy neighborhood, Right. Where the parents live in, and that sort of journey from this privileged yeah. upbringing to getting caught up in other yeah. forces and that choices. seems to you like a true thing that yeah a story that's been happened in Albuquerque before yeah and hearing I worked in the um, the APS system for a year mm-hmm. and hearing stuff about different areas and like oh. La Cueva, it's the wealthiest school, but all these people do drugs. And not to say that Hmm. it was just interesting, and it goes back to the idea of Albuquerque is so intermingled that you can't can't get away from... The high crime areas are right next to The high crime areas as much money, or even if you gate yourself in. Like, you need to address it rather than just try to avoid it. Interesting. 
All right, Mike. Now we can talk about what's wrong with. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I. What do they to, get wrong about? I tend to forgive the things that it does wrong. Like I just think, I don't know. If you're in the West, use the actual locations. El Paso, that's like five hours away. Come on, send a B crew. It's like yeah, so you don't like the. I I think realism, and I also think <laughs> like uh, okay, the Coen Brothers are the absolute worst at this. They think the West, everything between California and New York, pretty much, is one place, and they can blur it all together. In True Grit and No Country for Old Men, they're like Arkansas, New Mexico, Albuquerque, Texas. They shuffle these things back and forth when these are really distinctive places, and only people like not from here with a total coastal bias would think that they were all the same. So to me, it just makes me ask the question, who are movies made for? Who's the America that deserves entertainment, basically? It's right. apparently not people that live in the Intermountain West. So I, let, me, let me see if I can kind of... Because I, I have to say, this is, this is an argument you've made before yeah. that I have a little hard time... I, I'm way more forgiving of, yeah. of what you're talking well, about. That's nice. But I wonder, like, okay, so if it were made... If these things were made for an Albuquerque audience and they featured Albuquerque locations, we would obviously demand a far problems, more yeah. Yeah. high level of uh, verisimilitude. Right. They'll have um, north-south streets cross each right. other, things like that. Whereas because it's made for an, a population that doesn't live mm-hmm. here by far, like mm-hmm. the majority don't, um, they're more trying to get across an idea of what Albuquerque is or yeah. what the West is using totally. the resources that they have. Totally. Um, and is not coming from Albuquerque and having as much of an understanding. I was impressed with knowing that mm. they had filmed so hmm. many Albuquerque yeah. locations because right. I don't think that many shows do that from what I understand. Interesting. Well, they certainly took the Albuquerque location yeah. to heart in yes. a way that other shows have not. Right. Like certainly there have good been them. Yeah. a Hamlet 2 was filmed in Albuquerque, but set in Tucson. Yeah, that was um, man. Little Miss Sunshine began with a family leaving Albuquerque, and again, they filmed it in some other place. They set that one in Albuquerque, but yeah. filmed it in Arizona for right. the most part. Um, no like, Country for Old Men, like you say, used Albuquerque as a stand-in for El Paso, El which Paso. is such a distinctive Western <laughs> city. There's literally two mountain slopes going down to a river and one of the mountain slopes is covered with long messages and white rocks about the Bible and there's factories <laughs> and there's multicolored houses on the other side, multicolored houses right. on this side and it looks like Morocco meets, you know, some sordid corner of America and yeah. it's just amazing and there's no place like it. It doesn't look anything like Albuquerque. That's why I think the Coens were idiots and totally like kind of insulted our, our region. Well, how about Transformers using the desert around Albuquerque as a rock? Man. Or the or Avengers the using the streets movie. of... It's true. Lone Survivor using the Sandias as Afghanistan. Yeah. Or the streets of Albuquerque standing in for New York and the Avengers. I mean, hey, that's uh, going up. the Scorch Trials using the northern area north of the Sandia Road, La Madera Road, as the Scorch. The Scorch. <laughs> <laughs> and Transformers Salvation using the like, uh, the rail yards they, as the post-apocalyptic They forgot the future. word desert. <laughs> have that word like 50 years in the future whenever this is set. <laughs> the Scorch. Um, <laughs> so I I, can't, I see what you're saying, but I think it's just part and parcel with sure. With filmmaking. No, it's fine. I forgive it because I like that stuff. However, I did uh, discover something that will make you happy. Huh. Um, so Better Call Saul. Yeah. Uh, you know he um, in the first few seasons his office is behind a nail salon, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it there is a brief shot where he receives a check, mm-hmm. and it has his address on it. Oh yeah. And the address is in fact the address of the nail salon that they film for 
Better Call Saul's uh, the front of his office, so That's you good. could like go there nice. and get your nails done, wow. and then like look at the door. And, Amazing, you know. So I'm just saying, like that's kind of a rare that's example a cool shout out, yeah. of. Uh, yeah, I've, I've always liked. Have you seen? I know you've seen this tie. I'm not sure if you have. Nor the, the conversation that Bob Odenkirk and the guy who plays Mike, what's his name again? Brian Banks. Uh, Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks. Uh, Jonathan Banks and um, and uh, Bob Odenkirk have a conversation together at some public panel, and they're talking about Albuquerque. And uh, oh yeah, <laughs> and and Bob Odenkirk laughs about it, but he kind of defends it. And yeah. the other guy is like, "What? It's all WalMarts and Applebee's." <laughs> and uh, which, yeah, there's some of that. There uh, are some WalMarts yeah. and Applebee's. And right? I and I told people during the time, like, I think they're both right. <laughs> you know, the negative stuff is true. The positive stuff is true. Some of us just the positive outweighs the negative, and we stay here. Have you, you ever know? found that Albuquerque is a city that? Um, kind of morphs itself to your expectations and your like what like your appreciation of it it's just kind of comes comes back to you yeah if you're feeling lousy and you drive through albuquerque you will see sadness and stuff to entrench your feelings right what do you think nora is that crazy talk mike's saying no yes if you're high on albuquerque and high on life (laughs) and high on that you're like look at all these friendly friends (laughs) (laughs) there's so much goodness and uniqueness here and then there's so much horror and despair that it's yeah your mood can really it's crazy i guess that's what do you think ty (sighs) you know i i think what i here's what i think all right i leave my car door unlocked uh when it's parked in the driveway at night because people come by and they go through my car Mm. and they take my change and stuff and I've seen so many shattered windows uh, uh, by the side of the road. And I'm just like, you know what? Yeah. At least they're not going to break my yeah. window right, to get right. the pocket change out of yeah. my ashtray. Sometimes people just want a warm space, you know? Like yeah. At Brown Mackey, when we were teaching there, I, I had a student write a paper about just breaking into cars all winter long in Albuquerque so she could turn the heater on. She'd hotwire it so she could have a heater. And she'd stay in it until the, um, the gas ran out. And yeah. then she'd get the hell out. Like... Yeah. You know, that's like a pretty justifiable car thief right there. Somebody who was worried about freezing to death. I can't tell you uh, how many people I've known who have had their car stolen yeah. for like two days. Mm. And then it turns up again, mm. like a mile away. Probably that um, sort of thing. Unhurt. Right? Yeah. Maybe, you know, there'll be there will be like um, half a joint left in the oh, ashtray yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. But well, that's a net gain. Yeah. <laughs> And don't get me wrong. There's there's definitely like worse yeah. and more terrible crimes that that uh, happen. But I do feel like that there's something yeah. about that where you you change yourself yeah. a little bit to adapt to the city mm-hmm. in the same way that you start putting on chapstick. Yeah. You know, when you first move here, if you yeah. want to keep your lips yeah. from splitting. My uh, Maro's parents, my my girlfriend's parents, got a uh, their car stolen, and it turned up three days later, and it was pretty much in okay condition, except it smelled kind of chemical, and there was a sticker on the wheel that said "F the haters." Well, mm, what well, happened to that car? We can all agree with it had a little adventure, I think. Yeah, that yeah exactly. Out. Sometimes your cars go on adventures <laughs> in Albuquerque. Just think of yeah. it as a delightful Pixar movie. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sad. Perhaps they went out to find themselves. Hopefully, insurance will replace it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, man. What do you think, Nora? Is that... Uh, <laughs> I is, like that. Yeah? Yeah, leave... I mean, if you don't want to smash window, yeah. don't lock your doors. <laughs> but wow. I, I feel like I learned that from you. Don't leave stuff in your car Yeah, overnight. don't leave stuff in your yeah. car overnight. Oh, mm-hmm. man. 
This one made me laugh a lot. So this is a story from back when I was married. So this is a different reality than the one I live in now. Um, but my then wife was a doula and she had all this birthing stuff in the car. She had bags full of like plastic dolls and, and plastic hips that you could pass the doll <laughs> through to show like the birthing stuff and VHS tapes about births and stuff. And uh, I think that's my phone. Sorry. Oh. And anyway, a, br a burglar broke in and uh, stole all uh, all that stuff. They smashed the car window and took it all. And I just love thinking about this guy in the park tearing this bag apart, and all I can find are, like, doll parts. What did I get? <laughs> what is this? It's so random. And birthing VHS stuff. Yeah. Man. So I know you've had at least one Albuquerque experience um, along these lines where you uh, you rested your bicycle back from the meth yes. heads at, oh, uh, that amazing, at the yeah. McDonald's. I think about I, that story. I feel like that's a testament to your ability to adapt yeah. to Albuquerque. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Wisconsin nor would have done that. It was, yeah. I was just like, yeah. yeah. I'm just going oh, to take it guys back. Yeah. Nice. Yale McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, man. Also joining us today, we have uh, two fellow podcasters from Albuquerque. Uh, we have... I'm Gabriel Hesch. And? And I'm Jonathan Baca, and we're the hosts of Breaking Math. What is your podcast about, and how can people listen to it? The podcast is called Breaking Math, and we completely thought of the name by ourselves with no influence from any shows yeah. at all. No, yeah, I'm not sure. even the one that might be discussed later. Yeah, Interesting. yeah. yeah um, actually, our podcast was originally called Math and Culture. So, so essentially, this podcast was born, I'm a student, or I was a student at the University of New Mexico. Wow. I just graduated with my master's degree in electrical engineering. Nice. Yeah, thank Congrats. you. Now, I went back after many years as a middle school uh, math and science teacher, so I had to get caught up. When uh, uh, There was a time when I was in the market for a tutor, and that's when I met Jonathan. I'm a computer programmer by yeah. trade, actually, now. Um, and at the time, I was a student. And yeah. uh, long story short, we decided to create this podcast, and we have episodes on everything from chaos theory to information theory, hacking culture, which um, uh, Ty Bannerman is actually on. Yeah, awesome. And I, you know, um, if you're thinking, oh, this is a podcast about math, they just like say a bunch of numbers and like say what the totals are. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. In fairness. Okay, so, so just no, no. to round out our plug, before we were called Breaking Math, we were actually called Math and Culture mm -hmm. because we wanted to talk about how math is everything but we also wanted to 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 uh to talk about culture and humanities and things like that uh, uh ultimately the name breaking math went out we briefly were going to go with uh crystal math but <laughs> but we went with breaking math but yeah, can, huh. well, i was just gonna say you guys really focus on a lot of the stories and the ideas behind mm -hmm. mathematic concepts you make it accessible for wider audiences right yeah. Yeah, our whole view is that math is accessible, and episode one kind of delineates our mission, cool. uh, which is to fight against the continuous obfuscation of math. Oh, yeah. nice. Ooh, I like that. I yeah. Like that it's we, a, yeah, we really want it to be accessible and enjoyable, because I have I call myself a math evangelist. I yeah. get real excited about it. That's, <laughs> That's cool. awesome. And as someone who always did horribly at math and was miserable in every single math class, um, I listen to your podcast, and I get intrigued and excited by yeah. the things that you guys cool, talk nice. about. So I think that's about as yeah. glowing an endorsement. If somebody who hates math enjoys this podcast, oh. then that's good. Well, thank I feel, you. I feel like I hurt myself early on in my life by convincing myself that I was bad at math. And like it just, I just never gave it the chance that I should have. You know, It's like my mom would say things like, oh, our family's good at writing and stuff and not good at science stuff or math stuff. And I'm like... 
later on I thought I could have done that. I could have learned that stuff if I yeah. just had to. I mean, what better way to control the masses than by taking away a skill that yeah. can, can make them so much more powerful? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And speaking it's of masses. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Ty and Nora were recent guests on, yes. on on your show. I started listening to one of those. That's awesome. That's so great. if you're if it's you're wanting to listen to a new podcast, but you don't want to do it with hosts you don't know, <laughs> then you're I afraid. guess you can you can listen to that one yeah. first. Episode eleven: Hacker. Co- <laughs> or the, sorry, the culture of hacking. Yeah. Which oh, I really enjoyed that. I did you guys time. Did you guys see Jonathan's poster for the culture of hacking? I thought I love the inspiration. Jonathan, you want to talk about what's on the poster? Oh yeah, um, it can be found on our Facebook page, which can be found easily it's um uh, coffee stains uh, crumbs things like that um we uh, we came up with banners and posters for every episode <laughs> yeah you may as well, we, we 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 didn't have like you know pizza crusts but we may <laughs> as well you know it, so. it looks like a late night at the uh, at the computer lab <laughs> so <laughs> you guys have been podcasting based out of albuquerque for a little while now right mm-hmm. like how, how how long have you been doing this since uh late january early february okay. yeah. have yeah. you have you met other podcasters like in, just like, getting out of the shell uh, man we're just getting acquainted i'm and always curious yeah. what's here you know i know about like yeah. 10 drink minimum and oh, we have a lot of catching up to do. It is very much our goal to get at least acquainted with hmm. every podcaster in Albuquerque. That's cool. Uh, what was that? Uh, Dead Things was based out of here Dead for a Things? while. That was, that's um, a fun podcast. Actually, it's fun and disturbing. But yeah, yeah it's all about death. And sometimes I'm like, they're talking about such sad things so flippantly. Uh, and we do want to get more local listenership. Uh, we have a lot of listeners that we very much enjoy, but a lot of them are in places like Bangalore. Bangalore, yeah, India. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh wow. in South Korea, where, where all of your Android Samsung products <laughs> are made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Samsung means five stars. Yes. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Albuquerque connection that you guys have. First of all, you call it breaking math, and you considered calling it crystal math. So <laughs> we know that there's obviously Fans. something on your mind. What what made you decide to uh, consider those names and then go with breaking math? Breaking math is easy to remember. That's, oh, that's pretty true. much yeah. the crux of it. Crystal math was funny, but we decided <laughs> to go over easy to easy to remember over funny. Yeah. Yeah, and so the local connection to Albuquerque and Breaking Bad was was a factor, or no? We pretend that it wasn't a factor, but yes, it was a factor. Yeah. If anybody asks, we're not um, imitating; we're emulating. That's yes. the legal difference. Or, sure. or I was working on ex- on an excuse, and tell me how believable this is. We wanted to talk about breaking down math, Ooh. and then just the down got uh. dropped. And besides, can you break math? Like, yeah. can you break logic? I've been broken by math. Before. Well, that is an essential part of the podcast: is breaking down math and that's why i liked it too because it has double meanings uh. and that's why it's easy to remember okay. so cool. so uh, you know uh, yeah we, we 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 pay homage to breaking bad but we're also our own thing as well so make of that what you will my thought is that um if you guys were in pittsburgh or something you probably wouldn't have considered calling it breaking math right interesting is it because no comment breaking bad saturates the very air around us here in albuquerque is that maybe not saturates but it definitely permeates i had an experience um, at Slice Parlor, where right. I went there during the finale of Breaking Bad, didn't know it was going to be the finale, put my headphones on immediately and faced away from the televisions. But before <laughs> that happened, you could hear a pin drop, and I've never been to a bar uh, where you could hear a pin drop. That's yes. funny. I watched it at Carreros, and it was the same way. Like Everybody was just so into it. They were like hissing at waiters to shut up. And you know, <laughs> i got to tell you about my experience. So I was watching uh-huh. it that night, and we had a, 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 a new TV that, that wasn't working right, uh-huh. and the volume kept turning off, and the TV <laughs> kept turning 
everything <laughs> off. And I have uh, an aunt who was learning how to use the remote on this new TV sitting in the in, in the sofa. And, and she was trying to work it, and it kept going to the wrong channel. So that exercise, that, that evening, I think, was an exercise in zen sure. patience <laughs> for all yeah. of us. But Don't we missed the it family. the first Don't time around. <laughs> but there's something uh, awesome about having a show made in the city that you're totally. from in the same yeah. way that if you were in Baltimore, you'd like The Wire. I mean, I know that yeah. every time an episode came out, I would get myself a latte, go outside, sit down and watch the episode That's from true. start to finish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Was I mean, fun. you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're not super well known. Oftentimes we've been called the biggest little town hmm. and, and having our name out there on what's often considered or has been called the greatest show ever is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least now we're less associated with Bugs Bunny. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Now it's yeah. with Matt. <laughs> you know, between Bugs Bunny and Breaking Matt, ba- sorry, between Bugs Bunny and Breaking Bad, we were uh, well known for cops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so cops, yeah. Cops was actually banned here for a while oh, because yeah. of uh, what they was felt like Nendles. a really Rest in peace, yeah. uh, negative depiction of Albuquerque. I, yeah. I, I agree. I, and I, I've lived here for 30 years and I have no intention on moving out. Uh, uh, I like it a lot. So just so you guys know, Albuquerque is all right. Great yeah. climate here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So as somebody who's lived in Albuquerque for a good long time, and, and uh, you, Jonathan, are you a uh, long-term resident? Lifelong nice. resident. I think so you both look familiar. Like I've seen you around town my whole life, probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's been following you. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you look like those I'm people in that house. I gotta amend that. I lived in Portland for eighteen months. But oh, oh, so you're a liar. Yeah, you just lie about being an Albuquerque native. I've moved away a bunch, but it, it has a pull, you know. It brings yeah. If you have family and stuff here um, too. Okay. Yeah, man. So, as long-term Albuquerque residents and/or natives, um, do you think? That your experience watching the show Breaking Bad was different than somebody in New York or Bangalore. I mean, there's the obvious component of, oh, I know that building. I've been there three times, Mm. um, which happens all the time on the the episode. Totally. But there's the thing in the back of your mind, at least in the back of my mind, when I was watching the episodes, trying to compare it to real life. Uh, One thing that I did notice, or at least think I no- noticed during the show, was that the uh, was that the ethnic uh, composition of the actors did not match what I was used to. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Oh, no, totally true. Uh, yeah. Cordy and I have been watching uh, Better Call Saul, and we basically made the exact same observation. Hmm. But carry too on, white. please. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, basically, when you go to... V- in the Southwest, um, we have what I have insensitively called a traducan of colonialism, <laughs> where you have the colonialists <laughs> from the, the Spaniards, and then you had the colonialist whites. Yeah. But so we have an ethnic composition that's, I think, about three-quarters Hispanic, I'm a quarter white, something I like love that. that. Now, <laughs> now let's. Uh, I mean, you know, there, there's some representation, but obviously yeah. in our main characters, whether it's Walter White. Yeah. Well, let's see. So we have uh, Gus Gustav Frink. That's true. Mm-hmm. We have Gomi. Gomi. I always yeah. felt bad for Gomi. Uh, really, I mean, uh, mm. Hank was rather condescending to Gomi. Yeah. You know, yeah. I thought Gomi was a stand-up guy, yeah, yeah. and yeah, you know, I anyway. taught his daughter as a substitute teacher. It's oh, weird. Wow. She's huh. like, my dad is. Stephen Michael Casella, yeah. yeah. Stephen yeah. Stephen Casella, and he's actually yeah. very involved in education, isn't he? he? Is. Isn't he's he? Like re- he's a, he was a town councilman, or something. Wow, right? city councilman, or something. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, what was some yes. of the other re- representative, you know, uh, uh, in that show besides Gustav Fring and Gomi? Well, well the extras were very much Albuquerque, much like Albuquerque's hmm. composition because they pulled a lot from Albuquerque. Yeah. That's true. Um, which was a very cool thing. But it, it just I just noticed that with the main characters and stuff like that, there were more white people than I'm used to yeah. seeing. And certainly in more like 
professional roles that are especially if they were the good guys yeah. quote unquote mm-hmm. versus the bad guys a lot of the times the bad guys were more right. likely to be Hispanic or something like that and that's certainly something I've noticed in uh, Better Call Saul mm-hmm. as well right yeah I think a lot of that has to ha- has to do with you're trying to depict the culture of an area and then you have an unconscious bias hmm. towards that um, sort of thing. Um, I don't think anybody would do that intentionally with no. the sort of um, way that that reads. It would right. be very interesting to actually compare that with the uh, Mexican remake of Breaking Bad. Oh, oh there's a Mexican um, remake? There is. Well, I saw the, like, the first part of the first Is episode. it Mexican or is it... Oh, I feel well, like it's a allow different Allow me country. to correct myself. I'm so sorry. I'd be embarrassed. Um... A Latin American remake. I can yeah. research it. Real quick. It's called it Metastasis. Correct. And right. where's it made? I'm sorry. Where, is it, did it, it go beyond one season? Or I don't know. I, I they, no, what they did bit. is they did the entire series in one go. Whoa. Yeah. So you have you seen it? I, I saw parts of it and I was amazed. It was it was very similar to Breaking Bad. What was uh, uh, what's different is is they use a school bus instead of an RV, and mm. I think that was a cultural decision. Hmm. And I th- there's a couple other location changes. Like in the very very end, he doesn't go to. Uh, in the last part bit, where, where does Walter White re- relocate to? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Okay, yeah. he goes uh, to an appropriate location for Latin America. Oh, nice. Okay, so here's a little bit of a unconscious bias on myself, on my part. It's an it's an American production. What? And it, with a Spanish language, oh, okay. um, they set it in. Uh, Columbia. Columbia. Okay. Cool. Oh God, so. I, I, I'm sorry. I feel so bad. Uh, I was talking about it with a friend of mine, uh, another computer sure. science. I'm sorry, uh, a computer engineer who uh, is from Mexico, and she and we oftentimes talk about huh. uh, uh, telenovelas from Mexico, and I think that's why I said that. Yeah, well, it makes that's sense. Yeah. You think telenovela? Yeah. My mistake. Certainly here, it, it's easy to confuse too because Mexican television is actually going through its own renaissance. Okay, so that's something that they get wrong. Uh, what what uh, what does Breaking Bad and uh, and Better Call Saul get right about Albuquerque? Oh, there's a lot. Um, I've got a list. I don't know if you guys have a list you want to start with. Um, I mean, one thing that they got right is just the sort of places where things happen when they go into the um, when they go into economically disadvantaged housing where they ha- where they ha- where they have like some ramshackle house where people are doing meth in it. Hmm. Um, it looks like the kind of ramshackle houses that are around Albuquerque where that uh, activity would probably be most likely yeah. to be made. Um, in the same vein, uh, when they go to the fancy business places, that's actually where they do business uh, downtown. Um, I've actually uh, designed a website for uh, an attorney who works in the same building that Skyler worked in. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. You know, I think the major one, the major, major one that has made all the waves, the most popular one is probably, uh, we have a location in the Southwest um, called Twisters. Oh. And I yeah. believe Twisters is in the show. It is the uh, 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 restaurant owned by Gus, uh, right. uh, Los Pollos Hermanos. They yes. kind of get Twisters wrong, though, in that they have it make fried chicken. That's correct. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, Twisters yeah. is strictly Southwest. Um, they like they conflate Golden Pride and Twisters. I, I've always wondered if like they tried to get Golden Pride and wrote that fried chicken stuff into the story. I know that they get tried it. to get Boba Tea Company, but Boba Tea Company was huh. uh, was a little bit hesitant about being associated with methamphetamine. Oh, yeah. One thing right. that I that they got right that I really enjoyed yeah. was that in Albuquerque, it's very much an oasis if you're not from here. As soon as you get out of the city, it's just it's desert and 
cows. Yeah, we're like <laughs> okay. the most isolated mid-sized city in America. Yeah, like th- we're surrounded by desert. So, so if you were to back that up with an episode, I think the episode in season two of Breaking Bad, when when uh, Walter takes Jess. Oh, first he tells his wife that he's gonna fly out and see his mom, and he ends up driving far out to spend a whole day cooking up meth and then the RV breaks down. Oh. Yes. That's very realistic. Yeah. You know, you've got this, yeah, desert everywhere. You just drive out of Albuquerque and it's it's eerie. Yeah, I live on the, like right on the edge of town next to the petroglyphs, which oh, cool. right now are closed, uh-huh. um, which oh, really? is annoying. Yeah, like they're doing... Fire? I'm, I'm not, they've been closed for a little while. I'm not sure what's going on, but... Closed to um, carve some new ones. Yes. <laughs> I, I, spent my, I spent my uh, like childhood climbing uh, the petroglyphs, and like you, awesome. you walk like for like 40 minutes, and you're 40 minutes closer to nothing. Uh, you're just in the wilderness. Way cool. Yeah, the desert wilderness of the Southwest. I love some of those photos from over on the west side where you can see like the petroglyphs in the foreground and like housing developments in the background. It's like, look at this weird world where the past yes. is right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my, yeah. my house where I grew up, it was one of the first ones in the area, so I spent my entire childhood uh, playing in houses that are being constructed, stealing nails, things like that. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. kind of interesting. You know, you, you know uh, I... I I have this sentimental reaction now every time I'm driving along Central mm-hmm. and I'm heading westbound and I drive by that hot dog stand oh where yeah. Jesse did all of his deals where he got yes. it like that hot dog stand is legit. You drive by it at night and the neon lights are going oh, on. It's beautiful. It's that tacky. And I'm like, the dog I wanna, house, right? Uh, the, the dog yeah. house? Dog is that house. what it's called? Sorry. Yeah. House. Jesse. I think I've only been there once. It's ever. really good hot dogs. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, but how often do you like go and like I'm gonna drive and go get some hot dogs? That's you know, true. it's yeah, not in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, apparently. It's usually more like at a certain also, day. Like I'm hungry. Cash I'm only, this. which yep. <laughs> blows my mind whenever I have kind of oh, cash really? only places in Albuquerque. Oh. I also like the fact that when Jesse's doing his dealings, he goes to the Breaking Bad version of Taco Cubana, Cabana, which is Taco Cabeza. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh yeah. funny. Good yeah. eye. Yeah, I, d- I didn't even notice that. Yeah, oh, that's a legit. And yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, they are. Yeah, and actually, I believe I believe they are legitimate Mexican food. Like, oh yeah, they're not New Mexican. Correct. Yeah. According here at the press club, I think we're within sight of a location or two right here. Like, there's that Crosswinds Motel right over there, across from Presbyterian. Yeah, that's true. Shoot, we should approach them for sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah. They're they're very good. They, they put have that absurd sign up that was like, you have to come in and pay us money to take photographs of the yeah, outside. Like, sorry, oh, I'm really gonna do that. Okay. Sorry, I might promote <laughs> you for free, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. What else? Oh, the car wash. I remember, uh, uh, have an A one day. Yeah. Uh, um. Mm. So, so the octopus th- car wash. Oh, and that's no longer here. Yeah. I'm sad to say. I'm the Mr. very wash. sad to say. I used to like the op- uh, the octopus car wash. It was exciting as a kid. You know. It had an octopus, like uh, a big one with tentacles yeah. going everywhere. Uh, it's cool. In general, I think has really dropped the ball with the Breaking Bad locations. So many have been closed or changed or compromised Denny's. in some ways. The Denny's location yeah. is no more. Yep. What about uh, Venezia's? Is that even a place anymore? Like they split into Aldi's and Venezia's or something like that. Are they? I like didn't know that was a real place. Want yeah. a boat, right? It was. <laughs> the 1908 house where uh, Jesse did crystal meth down by the student ghetto. Yeah, like yeah. that's been torn down. It's just Aww. a dirt lot now. Which is, I think, a bit of a tragedy historically. It is. It was a beautiful well, historic house. Person. On the whole, uh, positive or negative depiction of Albuquerque? <sighs> that's uh, that's yeah. like an AP mm-hmm. essay question because I could go either way. You know, because I, there's parts that are gritty and that are real, and there's parts that, you know, location-wise, it's awesome. I mean, you know, there are drugs. That's a fact, but I but there's so much more. 
And then you you have to ask how much, like how much does the person who you're asking, how much did they believe that fiction depicts real life? I mean, mm. it's another element. And then there's the further element of Breaking Bad does not. Um, does not represent uh, like very accurately the way that the narcotics trade works. Oh sure. Um, for example, purity has almost nothing to do with success. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Ooh. See, I I'd never even thought about so that. So in the real world, Chili P might actually be you know successful. That right. was Jesse Pinkman. Is it really more about accessibility? Like it's just what you get a couple get, of big or? customers or something. Well, what what it's a, what it's about is okay, something is more addictive if it's slightly less predictable. So first of all, so if you had exactly the same amount of drug in a con- in a thing every single time it would actually be less addictive hmm. um, the second part of uh, the second part of that is that if it if something is 100% pure for every 9 of purity it takes just entropy wise a ton of extra money hmm. so there's the cost benefit analysis and you have to find where the uh, where the two graphs uh, intersect math everybody so this is what happens when you have the Whoa. breaking math guys yeah. uh, you know applying mathematics to yeah. uh, breaking bad I love it's it. a whole other dimension that's that great. I can't yeah. even I never would have even started yeah. down that path that's way interesting yeah. so when you include all the non-realistic uh, c- components um, like a when people behave when you don't think that they're going to behave, things like that, I think it's really more of like kind of like a ballad yeah. than anything. Not Ooh. really a positive or negative de- depiction. Yeah. Oh, interesting. No one's going to stop watching it. Even I'm if sure. I were to say, no, it's not, people are, are, are going to still watch it and they're still going to be exposed to mm. the Southwest and they're still going to come flocking to all the sites. So I would say, uh, you know, on the whole, if you just lo- look at tourism gains, I'd say it's been very good. Yeah. I mean, does Hamlet make Denmark look good or bad? <laughs> Who cares? You know, it's like it's a, it's. We're, I'm happy we're the setting for a. Cool yeah, I would have said more like Macbeth. Yeah. You know, like does Macbeth make. I'm sorry, yeah. the setting of. Well, I mean, it's like you know, nothing is either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Like to quote Hamlet, like I mean, it's 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 we're, it's just life. It's yeah, good. There's dude. good and bad. It's a story. It's ups and downs and stuff. It's like. Okay, so yeah. I um I reached out. And this is, I guess, part of our podcast crossover, super spectacular. I reached out to Brian <laughs> Flood, who uh, does a podcast called um, It's All Good Man. And he's based out of Chicago, and he covers uh, it Better Call Saul. Mm. And he has done every episode, and he's interviewed Bob Odenkirk, Michael McKean, basically everybody Way you can cool. think of from that show. So I, uh, I I reached out to him to find out kind of just what his impression of Albuquerque was just from watching that show. My name is Brian. I'm uh, from Chicago. I do actually I, uh, too many podcasts, if you really want to know the truth, with my uh, partner Dave and my buddy Jeff. We do uh, the Nothing Important podcast where we uh, interview celebrities like Mike Rowe, Rick Astley, um, uh, Cole Cabana, bunch of great people on that podcast. We also do a Punks Among Us, which is our new Rick and Morty podcast. That's me and our uh, perennial third Mike Jeff. I uh, gotta love Rick and Morty. And then, of course, the reason why you're calling, I do it. Saw a good man, the better Better Call Saul podcast with uh, all three of us, and that consists of several shows. You know, we interviewed the cast. Most recently, we interviewed uh, the man himself, Bob Odenkirk, uh, Ray Seahorn, Michael Mandel, Michael McKean. Pretty much if they've been on Better Call Saul, they've been on our podcast. And then we talk about the episodes, and we also do a preview show where we read uh, listener feedback as well. Have you ever been to Albuquerque, New Mexico? Oh, man, probably years and years and years ago. Nothing that I remember in uh, in recent memory. But uh, just on a quick side note, Ann 
Lerner. I believe her name is Ann Lerner. She's the film liaison for Albuquerque. Yes. Yeah, she was actually on uh, It's All Good Men as well. Oh, okay, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, for a while there, I was trying to get your guys' mayor on, but he kind of kept avoiding me. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I was out there uh, years, years and years and years ago, back uh, back when I was a, uh, you know, a teenager. But I, I haven't been since. But I, I remember really enjoying that part of the country where it's a little bit more rustic than like here in the in the Midwest, especially for those of us that live in Chicago. Right. So what uh, do you, what do you remember about Albuquerque in, uh, at that point? Man, I, I remember it being a lot, I guess, smaller. Like, like in my mm-hmm. head, I remember it being like the size, like, like similar to a suburb here, but kind of out in the desert. Mm-hmm. But then I watched some of the set pieces on Better Call Saul, and I'm like, this city's actually kind of spread out. And uh, my partner Dave has uh, been to Albuquerque a few times, and I always ask him, I'm like, is, is it like that big? Because I always saw it as kind of like a suburb, but it, it definitely seems larger than a typical suburb around here. Right. So that kind of brings me to the next point, which is what is your impression of uh, of the city um, as it's portrayed on, on Better Call Saul and, and breaking that as well? Like what what stands out to you about it? Um, I kind of I kind of dig like the southwestern culture. I, I know a lot of it are set pieces and stuff, but whenever they show, you know, like a mural of like a cowboy or, <laughs> or a cactus yeah. or some sort of reptile or something like that, it's like, you know, like those of us, like, again, that live in a city like Chicago, it's like it might as well be the Wild West. <laughs> like, like, wow, those people, like, it's, it must be hot there every day. Uh, you know, they, they must have to deal with sandstorms. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, cowboys everywhere. I'm assuming there has to be at least one or two ranchers in Albuquerque. <laughs> like a cattle drive through the city. <laughs> yeah, not, maybe not that. You get the impression that it's a particularly crime-ridden city or... No, I, I come from Chicago, man. No city is a crime-ridden city compared to this city. <laughs> I actually, obviously, Albuquerque is a probably relatively safe, safe place. I'm sure, like anywhere else, it probably has its, uh, you know, its ups mm-hmm. and its downs. And uh, famously, my co-host, he, he's not on the phone call today, but uh, he's talked about it a couple times on on the podcast. He actually had his guitar stolen mm. from a gas station uh, in, in Albuquerque, but like. That doesn't leave a bad impression on me because that that can literally happen anywhere. You mentioned uh, kind of set pieces, places that recur on uh, on Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad. Are mm-hmm. there any uh, in particular that that stand out for you that you kind of you you took note of as as looking like an interesting place that you would you know maybe like to check out? You know, one of the things I always love about the show are the shots of the roads through the desert where it's just road and sand as far as the eye can see. Right. Like that, that always, um, that always kind of amuses me because like I love road tripping and I love driving. Like I, I could, I could get in my car and drive across the country over the course of a weekend just to say I did it without even thinking twice, you know, get some beef jerky and uh, put the top down on my Jeep and I would drive across the country and I'd be perfectly happy. You know, it's like, it's so like I see like these big long roads where there's nothing and like all these questions start going through my head. Like how far does that go on? Like yeah. you think you'll run into a gas station? Like what are the chances of me? running out of gas like how how long could i make it down that road without seeing another person pass you know and i'm sure you know obviously those are on the outskirts of albuquerque you know the more desolate areas but um but i always i always love the shots of like the long roads that go off into the horizon with the sand dunes and there's and there's not much there here you can drive two hours and you'll see buildings the entire way you know (laughs) do you have any interest in like visiting albuquerque is that something that uh 
Yeah, absolutely. For for a couple of reasons. One, I love to travel. Two, mm-hmm. I love adventuring. Uh, three, um, I'd like to see some of the, the sets and locations. You know, I know Breaking Bad tours are like a big deal down there near you guys. Yeah. yeah. And uh, four, uh, Ann Lerner, the Albuquerque film liaison, said that if I ever come to um, Albuquerque, that she'll buy me lunch, and I am not above driving across the entire country to get a free lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when we talk to the folks involved with the show, like, um, like, cause we, we've over the past few years, we've gotten to talk to a lot of people in, in entertainment, like, you know, TV and movie actors, all that stuff. And, uh-huh. um, <laughs> sorry. And, um, whenever I talk to anybody involved with Better Call Saul, like they have nothing but like great things to say about the city and how interesting and how great it is. Like, you know, I'll talk to like ex actor about, Oh man. So you were in, Atlanta, Georgia filming? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, you know, Atlanta's, Atlanta's nice. It's, it's nice. You know, but, like, you talk to people from Better Call Saul, and they do nothing but talk about how great the people are there and how nice the city has treated them and how easy they make it to do business there and uh, set up shop there and how accommodating the folks are even when they make ridiculous requests, like uh, like the people who own the exterior use for Chuck McGill's house. Like, they'll ask them uh-huh. not to mow their lawn for three weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, or like right, they right. Get, or ask the surrounding neighbors that if they can like hop their fence and run through the yard. Uh, he says that, you know, they all say that the city has just been super, super accepting of everybody on, uh, on those two shows. So your impression is definitely like, it's pretty much overall positive is, uh, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's different, but uh, you know, it's different mm-hmm. from what I'm used to. You know, like right now, I'm overlooking the Chicago River. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It's, it, it's, uh, it's different from what I'm used to, but um, you know, that's that's what makes life fun, right? Absolutely. Um, now, a lot of people do criticize, and this is definitely like a more so with Breaking Bad than, than Better Call Saul, although it, it does get some of the same flag. Um, a lot of people here are, are afraid that the rest of the world now sees Albuquerque as like drug-ridden, you know, filled with cartel violence and so forth. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, about that? no, I I don't think so. I think uh, most people are smart enough to tell that it's largely played up for the TV show. And right. I mean, if, uh, chances are, if uh, Albuquerque, if, if there if there was that, if if well, then what would people think about Chicago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. like hey, look, it, it could always be where, it could always be Chicago. Like I said, Chicago's a great city, but um, I, I I would venture to guess if you put two people in a room and you, or you put a hundred people in the room and you said, all right, what's a more dangerous or at least uh, city that is challenged with crime right now, Chicago or Albuquerque? Yeah, I, I'd probably say there'd only be one person that would say Albuquerque, and that's because that person would think they were being funny. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, great. But I really appreciate you talking to me about this. Yeah, and absolutely. Really dig your podcast. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day, bud. All right. You too. All right. Bye. That was what uh, Brian Flood had to say, and I apologize to um, you guys because the volume was very low. But what was your impression of his thoughts on Albuquerque as someone who'd never been here? Did it sound about right to you? Or? 
One, one thing that I am embarrassed that I didn't consider when you first asked the question about whether or not Albuquerque has a positive or negative depiction was I didn't even think that somebody could not know what Albuquerque was like already. Yeah. Like, there's part of me, like, I mean, I didn't yeah. know that I was making that subconscious bias, but I definitely was. Yeah. Because when he started talking about it being like this tiny town that he thought it was and then realizing that was a bigger metropolis than he realized, mm. I realize that you could actually have that much of a non-impression about Albuquerque. Wow. Yeah. From that perspective, however, I do think that it has a positive d depiction more than a negative depiction. Mm. I mean, they show the good parts of Albuquerque, the Zachary Taylor, things like that. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, Gertrude Zachary or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like funny. It, it shows that Albuquerque has its a distinct urban identity, maybe. And, yeah, and it, it does. I, I mean, it's one of those places where you can meet a new person every day. Yeah. They still should have had a fight scene on top of the tram. That is such a missed <laughs> opportunity. Have you seen Archer? I, I got to agree with you. <laughs> on Archer, they talk. They, they have a fight scene on top of, of a train, um, and they're like, why would anybody fight on top of a train? They're still, like, on the train. <laughs> Funny. Well, we watched, have you guys ever seen Track in the Moon Beast? Track? No, no. Oh, that? so terrible. It's a movie filmed here in Albuquerque in the 1970s. It featured famously on uh, Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. Um, it's about a were lizard, but it does feature a uh, a scene of a man plummeting to his death from the tram. And he does not look mannequin like at all. It's really realistic. <laughs> it's really That's <laughs> Mike's famous sarcasm there. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, okay. So you know what I kind of took away from that. I I loved uh, his romantic impression of the roads leading off to nowhere oh, yeah. for the city, and how it was kind of true. You know, like I, I'd say. You know, obviously you're going to hit a gas station, but you can get yourself good and lost out here in sure. a way that maybe you can't in Chicago. Yes, yes. There's no, uh, 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 we, we don't have metropolises. I'm sorry, what's the plural of metro metropolis? We do not have, yeah, we do not have a metropolis here in New Mexico. Well, right. We well. we have the ma the central, metro but I think what we definitely don't have is we don't have like a blanket of suburbs. A megalopolis like, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, for example, the New, New York, Newark, um, urban location has something like 30 million people in it versus New York proper, which is, has 12 million. Mm. So you have that sort of fractal nature in yeah. the, the East. But then in New Mexico, um, we have something like 5 million people total or something, right? Really? It's, it's, it's 2 million. 2 million, yeah. And then 600,000 of those live in Albuquerque. Right. And you could drive across Albuquerque in an hour. And like 900,000 in the larger area, right? Like Rio Rancho. And Houston, Texas has like, like right. 4 million in it, you wow. know, and it's a greater metropolitan yeah. area. And I, I yeah. think that that is very different than a lot of America anyway, certainly like population centers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there, there's also the whole settlement things still going on i mean the west has never been very popular ne never been very popular just because there's not that much stuff there i mean the, if you ever look at a di river just distribution map um like texas has almost no rivers but we have next to no rivers yeah mm -hmm. so i mean there's not a lot of stuff place where you could do vegetation things like that yeah, just to put this in perspective, um, New Mexico has a population of 2.085 million total. Uh. The greater Houston metropolitan area is 6.5 million. Wow. So, I mean, that's just one section of Texas, not including so Dallas. So, we're still a big city, but we're kind of like one of the lesser known people on, on like a major sports team. Like, <laughs> like, like someone you, like, like oh, who are they? All you know about them is that they play for this team. They're also on the team. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The guy, the guy who, uh, you know, he he would go to bat after 
Babe Ruth, you know, whoever that guy was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or he'd go like four four guys after Babe Ruth, you know. Yeah, and for anybody who <laughs> who hates on me for that comment, it's true, guys. It's true. Well, I mean, if you asked me, like, um, what's Cincinnati like? Yeah. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I can tell you more about what like something that's advertised constantly is like, like New York. Even yeah. though I probably don't have a very good first person view of New York, but when it comes to places like Cincinnati, mm. when it comes to places like, um, uh, like um, that one place in Florida, um, Jonesville or something like that. It's the largest. Yeah. Um, it's largest by area city, but uh, I digress. I can, really? can tell you most about them. Yeah, it's it's um, it, it takes like two hours to drive across. Wow. So I kind of feel like what you're saying. It's like there are these cities that you don't have any impression of, and Albuquerque was one of them. I mean, if not not, not for you, but yeah. for a lot of people, yeah. Albuquerque was probably one of those cities. Yeah. And now people at least have an idea that yeah. there's something here that's interesting and worth seeing. They know that it's a place you can't make it on a teacher's salary, and you'll probably have to sell meth. <laughs> that's that's, that's nowhere, here. though. You can't make it on a teacher's salary. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> unless, you, unless you stick it out for a long time, then you yeah. can do yeah. pretty well. If, then you can if you could by. get in, you know. Uh, especially if you get that nice retirement and then double dip. Oh, yeah. Mm. Then you can actually do pretty well. You've thought this through. <laughs> I have parents who are teachers. Oh, okay. Uh, there we go. All right. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I I feel like I, you guys have said that you feel like it's mostly a positive yeah, and it's funny. And again, I, I say I, I hear you say that, and I'm like, ah, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a, a net positive in terms of city recognition and tourism, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I like you said, Jonathan, earlier, where it's like you have to accept that you have to hope that people have the ability to differentiate fact from fiction. Yeah, um, I mean, one of the big differences between logic and emotion is that logic is step by step and without emotion all you do is come up with a hundred reasons why and a hundred reasons why not hmm. so if you have an impression of a city it's going to be an emotional thing Interesting. right right yeah I, li- I liked hearing this guy's take on it just because it's neat to hear what an outsider has to say about the place based strictly on an impression of the show from the show that that's fascinating to me i'm reminded of there's a great scene in the book Tomorrow Never Knows, which is a history of uh, psychedelic music, where John, the Beatles are being interviewed and the reporter says, uh, uh, what do you, how do you think the public sees you? And John Lennon's like, well, you would know better than us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we're the freaking Beatles. <laughs> right. <laughs> we yeah. don't know how the public sees us. You're in the public. True. You know? true. And it, so it's interesting to hear uh, this, this, uh, this perspective. I love the dirt roads thing. That's great. Yeah. You know, just... The uh, it's this place where you can just drive forever, and what's the deal with that? It's like, <laughs> not that many places like that. There aren't. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that they did not go into at all in Breaking Bad was how much of an art city Albuquerque really is in a college yeah. city. Like they don't go into the college life at all, even though all the good like half the good restaurants are by college or are by right. the college UNM, yeah. and a ton of life has to do. Um, in Albuquerque with like the arts uh, me and Gabriel are part of a sketch comedy improv group called Rumble and it's like one of tons of theater troops wow. I think, like, there's like 30 or 40 theater troops in Albuquerque alone. that's cool yeah, that's very cool yeah, yeah. you guys got all sorts of things going on that's impressive uh, Gabriel has a um, has fan an fiction. idea <laughs> sort of a fan fiction about how Breaking Bad should have ended. Well, no, 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 no. Let me, let okay. me, let me very, very, very carefully say with respects to Vince Gilligan, uh, you know, he. You could have done it better, is what you're saying. No, dude. You're saying no, you're no. smarter than uh, Vince Gilligan. <laughs> 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 the anyway, words from my mouth <laughs> are going to be, 
there was a direction that I sh- I thought the show was going to go. And when my mother and I were watching Breaking Bad, we got so into it that when a season ended, we wrote down our predictions for what was going to come oh, next. Nice. Uh, okay. okay. So I do not in any way, nor have I ever said that I am better than Vince Gilligan on right. the record. But you did say that you were a better actor than Brian Cranston just a second ago. I'm at a loss here. Okay. Car- <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure what to say. Uh, on record, everything <laughs> from my voice is... Okay. Yes. Uh, and actually, I, I, I've actually wanted to, to talk um, about this to a lot of people. I've had some real serious conversations with all the uh, with all the acclaim that Breaking uh, Bad has gotten. Um, uh, I, a lot of folks will ask me, "What do I like about the show, and what do I not like?" I mean, it, it's 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 strange. There are definitely things that that irk me. I, I don't like the idiotic decisions that Walter White makes. Yeah. You know, he makes some boneheaded choices that make me cringe. The whole point, the whole, the whole part where he was pouring alcohol for his son. Oh, no, it's oh, like, you know, yes. he's a brilliant chemist, but how can he be such, such, such a boneheaded dad uh, in, that, in that moment, you know? So, yeah. now, that does not have to do with, 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 my, with my fan fiction. So, I'd like mm. to bring our listeners real quickly to, to the end of season four. So, okay. we know that season four, I think, is a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Yes. like the best. Oh, yeah, I love so season four. Yeah. Um, so, in, in, in season four, the part that I'm talking about is um, we see some of Skylar's brilliance we sh- we we see her uh, really come into her own and she's actually smarter than Walter White in terms of business savvy hmm. now e- now essentially i'm not sure if if anyone here is uh, uh, better at explaining what happens for our listeners who are who are wondering She's helping cook the books for uh, the company that she works yes. with. Yes, yeah. right? she's extremely savvy in terms of yeah. exactly exactly as you said. How, you know, she single-handedly manipulates the owner of a car wash to to sell her the car wash for less than mm. it's worth. I feel like the point at which Skylar jumps on board yes. is when you start to think, well, this maybe could work. Yeah, you know, uh. she she makes the organization seem like a. Yeah. You know, it could it could turn into something like, that's yeah. sustainable. If you're going to do this, let's do it right. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And and you see her think of things and 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 hatch a plot. You know, like uh, uh, that that is just just ingenious, and it's it's believable too. She comes up with the whole idea of Walter White having a gambling addiction, which makes sense. Yeah. And yep. and she she covers. Uh, you know, she makes the, the cover story. So, in my fan fiction. Um, I was trying to predict where season five would go, and I thought this is amazing. The whole idea of Breaking Bad is is that uh, anybody, anybody at all, <laughs> can can become a hardened criminal mastermind. Mm-hmm. And up through seasons one, two, and three, and including four, we see Walter White go to, in the words of Vince Gilligan, go from Mr. Chips to Scarface. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, like yeah. he, he makes some really bad decisions, including. Uh, being responsible for the death of of Jesse's girlfriend and some oh, other yeah. really hard choices. Now uh, we are starting to, to see Skyler go from. Uh, I'm going to use the term. Uh, I'm going to use the very pointed term. A a naive housewife who in season one thought that Jesse was selling marijuana. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, to to this brilliant scheming businesswoman. So I was wondering if Skyler White was going to rival. Gustav Fring in Ooh. terms of her business acumen. Oh, and uh. and what I wanted to see was this. I wanted to see a season five. I didn't predict uh, Gus's death at all. I didn't. What I wanted to see was suddenly somebody else rise to, rise to power and, and Gustav being completely unaware of who this other p- 
person is, and it turns out to be Mrs. White. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I had this whole train of thought. But now, what we got instead was when uh, Gustav died and, and uh, uh, Skylar White figured out that it was Waltz who planted the bomb, she basically, um, how do we describe it? She kind of had a, a breaking point. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. we no longer saw her as brilliant at all. Instead, we saw her as as being captive and 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 kind of realizing what 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 a monster Walt has become. <laughs> and is. and you know, it took a different direction. Interesting. But I wanted to see more of Skylar White showcasing her brilliance, and I don't want to say outshining Walter, mm-hmm. yeah. but but showing how anybody can become a criminal mastermind whether you're great. cooking meth or whatever so i'm yeah. intrigued yeah yeah so so anyways i want to ask you guys you know all of you guys here everybody at this table right now in some form is a creative writer i want to ask you if you had any ideas about that yeah. about how that could go no, i like that you know, idea you know I, what mean, I mean i think that that's uh it also would have been interesting to see walter white who at the very beginning of the the series is right. chafing under his domestic responsibilities just finding himself yeah. in a new form of the same Kind yeah. of cage only yeah. now, you know, it's yeah, being outshined illegal. by Skyler. Yeah, you know, that, that yeah. Definitely I really thought like uh, Neville should have been the chosen one, and Harry Potter should have been the um, the uh, like a like a red herring. Yeah, hey, get a, get Voldemort to pay attention to Harry. Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. No, actually, yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, but then, but then, check this out. Yeah, yeah. it can uh, then <laughs> it can then go fractal because then after Skyler uh, shines, you could have right. now Jesse. I wouldn't do that. Maybe her, maybe maybe their son, Walter Jr., right. or or maybe it would become Hank. Oh, well, it been or it yeah. could be like n- not to not to become further, a parody yeah. of itself, yeah. but you could have a fractal thing where it really shows you that anybody could become, you know, like everybody has a dark side. Yeah, yeah. I will say this yes. um, for the show itself. It kind of shows that it it definitely took a unpredictable. Well, on that note, yeah. we are kind of running toward the end of our time here, oh. so I think you got some very you can hear kids in Children the background now. probably. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on board. Really enjoyed this conversation with you. Absolutely. This has been super enjoyed, fun. Yeah. We enjoyed being here. And I want to tell um, our listeners also that Nora will be back soon, but she's on her honeymoon right now. She just yes. got married. She ran off in the middle of this episode and got married. Yeah. Uh, so Way to go, Nora. Congratulations, no, Nora that's actually awesome. and Clay Davies. To Nora and Clay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'd like to take the quick opportunity to plug our Patreon. Um, it's at patreon.com slash breaking math podcast. Um, if you buy us a sandwich, you'll be paying for like 25% of our operating costs. Yes. Uh, Yes. We do have a Patreon and we appreciate all of our, uh, our, our patrons. So, um, quickly, how do people find you? Anywhere podcasts are found, just search breaking math podcast, um, we could be found on iTunes. We could be found on Google Play. We could be found on Stitcher. Um, yeah, and many other applications. In fact, I think as of kind of uh, as a fairly recently, you just have to go to Google and type "Breaking Math Podcast." Oh, that's nice. I think it comes up. Yeah, yeah. So thank you guys so much for being on uh, the podcast. Is is Breaking Math? You can find it on iTunes. Check it out. Stitcher. Donate all that to their Patreon stuff. Donate to their Patreon, and then yeah. also donate to our Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anything else I should mention? Uh, y- you want to check us out? Uh, we're on the 11th episode that you guys did. Math. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, s- s- the City on the Edge hosts right. so are on episode 11 of Breaking Nora. Math. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. A Culture of Hacking. Yes, nice. It's a great episode. Uh, if I do <laughs> say so myself, I think I brought uh, a lot to it. 
Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have uh, many more kind of conversations like this. So thank Man. you guys once again. Thanks. thanks and thanks to oh. Brian Flood. Yes. And definitely. then, uh, oh, Mike, you have something to say? Okay, we're going to do a continuation, a next part of this kind of multi-part episode. Um, we have an awesome surprise guest for our next episode. But not, let's just, it's not Bob Odenkirk or anyone It's not Bob Odenkirk or an actor from Breaking <laughs> Bad, but it's someone who is bringing such a great piece of writing. Yeah. Uh, if if we can make this happen, I'm just thrilled. It's Vince awesome. Gilligan. Well, <laughs> better than Vince Gilligan. Oh, it's I'm so Gabriel excited about Hesh. this guest. I can't <laughs> believe that Good. this is going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, you're going to want to hear the next one. It's just... And thanks to our patrons who help make this podcast possible. We have Farrell M. Smith, Joshua Haland, an old boar gullet proverb only Sheev could go to Mandalore. April, Rachel Langer, Julie Bannerman, Amy Nevitt, Amy Gabe, Jim Robillard, Noah Patterson, Roland Pentilla, Isaac Clark, Jesse Crawford, Ryan Schiff, Ben Tucker, Sierra Nets, Sandra Dodd, Jessamine, Alexandra Samoyoa, Christopher Suski, and Courtney Fitzgerald. Thank you to get you guys. Um, if you'd like to help make this podcast possible, you can go to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash cityontheedge. Make a donation. It can be a recurring donation or a one-time donation, as little as $1. Um, if you donate $10, you can get one of our super swanky new t-shirts. They've just come in, and these are way better than the ones before. Um, and hey, while I'm thanking people, I'd like to thank Lady Uranium and give her a shout out for the awesome music that she provides for our show. This song that's playing now is called Blue Flowers, and you can find it on her album, Vulpus Vulpus. You can check it out at ladyuranium.bandcamp.com, and you can purchase it, listen to it, all sorts of things there. Um, podcast to you later. Oh, man.